when you're in it for the long haul, this is your next stop on the Comics Quest. Welcome, listener, to episode three of the long haul. How are you doing? You doing good? You doing okay? That's good. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear you're, you're doing okay because I'm doing really well because I have just a gem of a human being back on the Comics West long haul trail. He doesn't believe me when I say this, but he is a true gem of a human being. He is one of the hosts of Panelology and the Rob Thomas, no, not that one, Robcast, and the Minds at York podcast. He is the one and only Alex Lavelle. I am going to choose Tiger's Eye because a quick Google search tells me that is the least valuable gem. But also because it gives me an excuse to make people hum Eye of the Tiger. Bump. Okay, I'm not doing that. One of my all-time favorite YouTube videos is set on a golf course in Australia where Mm -hmm. these two kangaroos are just having a knockdown drag-out fight, as kangaroos do. And I enjoy this for two reasons. One, because it's Australia, so the golfers are just kind of like playing around them. Uh Despite the fact that either of those kangaroos could... Just mortal mortal combat fatality them. Uh, two, it is set to Eye of the Tiger, which makes it even funnier somehow. <laughs> you will have to send this video to me because I I'll, have to watch it. I will have to find it again, but uh, yeah, yeah, just so. drop it in the Discord, and I, I and we and we'll all enjoy it together. So there we go. So yeah, Tiger's uh, Eye. Tiger's Eye. Uh, Alex Tiger's Eye Lavelle is back here on the trail with us, uh, and today we're we're switching it up a little bit. Uh, we haven't done this before. We talked about miniseries and we've talked about long, long form series, but today we're talking about a single issue. That's right, listeners. We are finally talking about uh, Batman Annual Number Three, released on December twelfth, twenty eighteen. The story, Father's Day, written by Tom Taylor with art and colors by Otto Schmidt and letters by Troy Pateri. We're here, Alex, and we're finally together talking Tom Taylor. I am very excited for this because the first time we've talked about Tom Taylor off air was in the context of you saying, yeah, really not into their stuff because uh, he did injustice, and that just doesn't seem like my thing. Yes, that is true. To To which I responded, I can see how that might be the case, but you should give any other thing he's ever written a shot. And I did. Now you've read an astonishing part of this man's library. (laughs) yes um because tom taylor has become one of my favorite comic writers uh uh i there's there's still a a large number of his stuff that i haven't read um i still haven't read x-men red or all new wolverine um i will be reading it though because the omnibus just came out so i will definitely hop on that soon um but or you know like there but there's there's so much he's done that i have now come to appreciate i have since read um, all of the original Injustice stuff, um, 
all, all five years. And uh, even though the the initial concept of what if Superman was evil is super stupid and fucking lazy, and I hate it. Uh, the the stories that came, that were born out of that lazy pitch <laughs> were fantastic. Um, and even though he didn't uh, he didn't finish the original series, that was um, I believe his name is pronounced Brian Buccellato. Brian Buccellato, yes, who wrote one of my favorite yes. Flash runs with Francis Manipal. Yes, uh, the rest of it is good, and he is very good, and uh, I will continue reading that man stuff, but. We're not talking about that stuff today. No, we're talking about the first time I ever read a Tom Taylor anything. And that is this Batman annual. So, Alex. (laughs) Tell me, uh, what is your history with this issue? It, It feels weird to 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 bring in my my normal uh my normal question to to my guests of what were your thoughts going into during and afterward because this is such a short piece it's like it's only 40 like 40 pages um at least and uh i just want to know what is your history with this issue so I think every other time you've asked me this question, the answer has been some iteration of, I read it a long time ago and reread it for this, or uh, I read part of it but hadn't finished it until we scheduled my talking about it. But by and large, those have been questions about things that I consumed first in trade or in some collected edition. I was definitely reading Batman when this came out. Um, I had been since the beginning of Scott Snyder's run. By this point, Panelology existed, which I mentioned not to plug myself, but because um, our production schedule for that involves buying comics on a Wednesday, cramming reading, recording... At this point in time, we were still recording on Saturdays. We didn't move to Sunday recording until COVID happened. Editing Sunday and posting Monday morning. So I tend to consume my comics very quickly. Certainly I would have gone into this excited about Tom Taylor writing Batman, both because I love Tom Taylor and because I I, like a pendulum swing between being unable to believe that anyone on the internet still confuses Tom King and Tom Taylor with each other. And finding delight in perpe- in their perpetuating people, confusing them with each other. Uh, so this certainly like tickled that pendulum swing. Uh, I recall them on Twitter. I think this was when they actually started using each other's profile icons for a little while. Or maybe they were both wearing the same Batman hat. Anyway. Um... And I do remember reading this issue. When you mentioned this issue to me and mentioned the Father's Day issue and the Alfred issue, like, absolutely, it was a memorable issue. Even we would have had that conversation earlier this year, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. three years later, two and a half years later, like, I still remembered the issue pretty clearly. Um, It's a 
great issue. And I actually had to look and see like how close was this to uh, Batman 77. And it was a few months before that. It was most of a year before that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I definitely would have come that issue of Batman thought about this issue again in that moment. I thought about it again reading Nightwing when when uh, Tom Taylor uh, worked in that letter from Alfred to Dick. So definitely yes, sort because, of a uh, touchstone it, it, issue, I'd say. Yeah, if you're not if you're not currently reading Tom Taylor's uh, Nightwing ongoing, what's wrong with we you? both? Highly recommend it. It's perfect in every way, and I just I adore it so. Um, Bruno Redondo's art is absolutely insane. Adriana Lucas knows how to color that man's art, and I just I love it to pieces. It's so good. Um, but we're not here talking about Nightwing. We're here talking about Batman. That's true. So, Specifically, we're talking about Alfred Pennyworth. Yes, because this is more. This is really an Alfred story. This is a Batman story from the perspective of Alfred and focuses on his relationship with Bruce. Yes. And we start with the night Alfred received the call about the Waynes. Yes, he... He wakes to... to to answer the phone. Um, He... He has that, like... that immediate... I feel like that... like that knee-jerk reaction of the... like, he knows... Thomas and Martha aren't home, so he immediately says, "Like, you know, the Waynes aren't home. Can I take? A, can I take a mess? I, I'd be happy to take a message. Like, like you know, because he's been doing it for so long at this point, most likely. It's but like instantly- it's like that cartoon Matilda, which I know is based on children's books. There were but there were no musical numbers in children's books. Do you remember Matilda? Was this something you were exposed to? Was this a relic of I'm my childhood? Only, I'm only familiar with the movie." Matilda. I think the movie may have done this as well, but the cartoons, which my sister was a huge fan of, and actually they were well produced, so I'd usually hang out and watch. We were close enough in age that, like, of the stuff she watched, that was a more tolerable option to me. Um, as opposed to, say, I don't know, Blue's Clues. There would Dare come this moment. The, the beauty of Blue's Clues. I'm not knocking it, I just had aged far enough out of it at that point. Um, I was of the Barney the Dinosaur generation. Yay. Which probably explains so much about my particular brand of psychosis. Anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. There would come these moments where Matilda would be in trouble, and the nun, whom she and the other girls lived with, would leap out of bed and run down the stairs, and I swear to God there's a musical number about how something is not right, something is not right. That's the energy Alfred is bringing to this scene. For all yeah, those he... Batman and Matilda fans out there. <laughs> the crossover is massive, don't you know, Alex? I bet it's bigger than you think. It probably is. Uh, yes, so he gets the call that the, that there has, as the person on the other line says, Mr. Pennyworth, there's been an incident. Which, if you've been reading Batman comics, you know what that means. The Especially since Alfred ready. has his hair in this. <laughs> yes, he also has his hair. A, a, a beautiful, a beautiful head of hair, I must say. He's. It's very Don a, Adams. 
yeah, he he is a dashing young man, and 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 all this. Otto Schmidt is a is a treasure of an artist, and I I I love every panel of. I adore Otto Schmidt. Alf- yes, I I still need to read that um that Matthew Rosenberg Otto Schmidt Hawkeye comic Freefall. Yes. I'm I'm sad that it didn't that it, that it wasn't an ongoing that it got was it was it meant to be a miniseries or was it canceled? It was it was only ever solicited as a miniseries. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me sad because that should have been an ongoing. Sometimes though, you can talking... write a you can write a tight closed story if you know you get to write an ending at a certain point. Yeah, we're looking at you, Mark Wade and Chris Somney on Black Widow. Uh, a callback to the very first episode we ever did. No, that wasn't the first episode we did. Never mind, I'm an idiot. <laughs> we're looking at you, Brian K. Vaughn and... Marcos Martin. Marcos Martin. Yeah. <laughs> there. Alex Alex saved me on that one. Um, and no, I'm not cutting that because the world needs to know that I'm a big blubbering idiot. Anyway, we're not talking about Hawkeye or Black Widow or Doctor Strange. We're talking instead about a DC character by the name of Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred Pennyworth. His name is Alfred Pennyworth. I I can't do all of Hamilton about Pennyworth at (laughs) almost 11 o'clock at night my time. My brain's not going to handle that. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it was beautiful, Alex. I'm, I'm glad you did it. No, so he he gets the call, he arrives, and immediately the police are trying to pull him away and ask him to identify the bodies, as you know, as people are usually asked to do so in this situation. But he says, no, they are prominent enough in the, in the city, someone else can do that, I have something else that is far more important. And it cu- And cut to a panel of a... of Bruce Wayne child and a large coat which in the pouring rain we know whose coat that is right it's Jim Jim Gordon's Gordon's yeah it's Jim Gordon's coat we all know this we don't Uh, see Jim anywhere I like this is part of what I love about this this issue like we don't see Jim anywhere we don't see the bodies lying on the ground we don't see the pearls we don't see any of their traditional crime alley origin story trappings it's we literally Bruce. one page. And we just... Tom Taylor knows we know. Tom Taylor knows we know whose coat it is. Tom Taylor knows we can picture everything else about this crime scene. All that matters is Alfred's response. And seeing Bruce in that moment, wide-eyed and wordlessly. And just Alfred's sort of stoic, very well. Yep, he just he knows he's like this, like, okay, this is my life now. Because he does, he does mention on the previous page that like before this, in, before the murders, he was eventually he was planning to go on and do something else. He wasn't going to, he wasn't planning on staying with the Waynes forever. But yeah. this was uh, this was the call that changed his life, that changed their lives forever. And this was the moment that he realized, I am now, I am now going to have to take care of this child and I will do everything in my power to do that. And it's really wonderful. Like in, in just four pages, we get everything we need. Like it, honestly, you could open like a Batman miniseries with these four pages of 
to establish the relationship between Bruce and Alfred immediately. Mm-hmm. And having, you know, the moment of, like, Alfred saying, like, I'll keep the lights on, and Bruce, and Bruce you know, terrified in, in, in this large empty, in this large house and saying it's so big and empty, but Alfred reassuring him, like, I'm, like, I'm gonna be here. I'm not going anywhere. I will well, be here forever. I will be here whenever you need. And, like, the simplicity of that statement, I'm not going anywhere. In fact, the, the whole line is, it's all right, Master Bruce. It's not so empty, I am not going anywhere. We know, like, in the moment, obviously that means a very specific thing. But we know that that is Alfred making a lifetime commitment. Yeah. Alfred, and I think Alfred at some level knows that he's saying this in a way to uh, reassure Bruce for a night. But that that is an ongoing statement that's not just a flash in the pan moment and that that then sets up our cut to the present and alfred with much less hair much less hair and uh we get the we instead of having the 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 older bring bring we have a we have a a a more modern from a from a presumably an electronic what looks to be just like a little electronic earpiece and Bruce saying, Alfred, are you there? Alfred and Alfred just wake up and just like eyeing, eyeing that piece and going like, here we go again. Well, and like, I love this page. We get three pages of Alfred waking up. And this and the first one, the first four out of five panels are of identical composition. The difference mm-hmm. is Alfred is older you get a deet deet instead of a bring bring and Alfred is not asleep in the first panel. Alfred is laying there wide eyed and worried in the first panel. It's, yeah. it's immediately the introduction to the conceit of this issue is until Bruce rests, Alfred will not rest. And it recontextualizes that first page as this was probably the last night Alfred slept a full night. Yeah. And then, and so, and I love the contrast too that you mentioned of, of like, the, so the final panel of, of each page is different and that like that, and, and the, the first page when he's, when he wakes up and that final panel is him, it, it's, it's a close up of his, of his eyes. Of yeah, it's it's wide eyed shock. Yes. And then the next time he wakes up, then the next panel is just, it's a close up of his feet and of him about to put on his shoes. And it's like, it's to show like the mundanity of, of his, of, of how he views this life that he has now. Well, and it's also this really amazing transition going to the next page because it is Alfred's feet on the ground. You flip the page and Batman is high in the sky, hanging from a, a military drone. Yep, a big old double sp- double pig splash of Batman on that drone, and it's and, it's um, it's thematic. We're, we'll see Alfred talk about this in a minute, but for every incredible thing Batman does, he's able to do it because Alfred is there to ground him. Alfred is there to have his feet on the ground. It is. Alfred doing the little things, keeping everything smooth for Bruce 
he makes the line later, like, Bruce doesn't have time, to, Batman doesn't have time to check his wallet and keys and make sure they're in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's like, I have to be there to anticipate, anticipate whatever he needs, wh- whatever his needs are, and be there to just be, and be waiting for the call. Yeah. And Whether of course, you know, th- you know, the one where he's okay, or as he puts it, the other one. Right. And Alfred's first words to Bruce when Bruce calls in are, I'm right here, sir. Which, like, is is both the, I'm here, I've got it, what's up? But also, like, it feels like a reassurance after the prior page of the, I'm not going anywhere. Like, Alfred is still here. Alfred is always here. Like, that line, anytime some iteration on this comes up, it guts me now. I have to assume. Like, I don't know. I am just assuming here. But I have to assume that Tom Taylor, knowing he was writing an annual about Alfred, knew what was coming in the future for Alfred as well. Absolutely. Him like him being like a prominent DC writer alongside Tom King and also writing on this Batman comic while Tom King was the Batman writer, he had to have known. And if he didn't, it's all the more incredible that like it's still this grounded in this specific way that's about to be changed. Yes. And I also want to point out quickly. um, So a running thing that it throughout Tom King's run was that he would name streets and buildings after people who have worked on Batman before. Mm hmm. And, it's not just uh, uh, it's not just a Tom King thing too. That's a yeah no. It's just yeah. I it's 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 something I notice a lot in Tom King because it's like everything is named after some someone. Yeah. Um. And but I love that uh, Tom Tom does it with uh with uh, with his good friend his art his good friend artist Bruno Redondo by saying by having Batman say I'm passing Redondo in fifth. Yep. And then now and then you turn the page and he's just. In the air, on a drone, aggressively hanging on to that drone, trying not to fall to his death. Yeah. He calls out on that page, now Chadwick at ninth. And we get the great, after a page turn, dry you've, Alfred. You've moved four you've blocks, moved four in, two blocks in two sentences. <laughs> it's so I'm good. steering a predator drone away from a populated area. Out to the harbor. Of, of course, course you are. are. This is, this is something that like, reading this reminds me so much. I'm like, this, this could have absolutely been, like, an episode of the Batman the Animated Series. Sure, like if we if we spun an episode from Alfred's point of view, where Bruce is just like in and out running through the episode, I think that would be an incredible episode for one thing. Yes, it um, would. but you're absolutely right. Yeah, and also I want to point out like we get some pretty amazing action sequences throughout this throughout this annual and just Otto Schmidt is just really fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. And Tom Taylor's really great at writing these action scenes. There is a there is another writer that 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 is really good at 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 writing action scenes that I will not mention cuz he's a piece of shit. Um but this definitely remind like he yeah like i i just love i love the composition i love the panel lay of the panel layouts of of you know having 
these you know all like all these panels like laid out across uh what i'm presuming is gotham like gotham harbor or uh yeah and and having the bridge into the city and then you turn the page and you just full page splash giant explosion with batman you know swinging on his grappling hook it's perfect this 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 the action is great um yeah and then we're back to another Alfred's page, which is again mirroring one of the prologue pages. Uh, the second page of the issue was these four panels, sort of each a little more right on the page than the other. Uh, and behind them, instead of white gutter space, is just a silhouette of Alfred against a red background. And then mm-hmm. we get the the mirror of that. Uh, after Batman swings in front of the bridge, where each panel, as you go down the page, is a little more left, and Alfred is facing the other direction, and his hairline is further back. Uh, and he's, again, walking through the house the same way he sprinted through the house in that, that second page. And now right, it's... And it's the... Like, it feels <laughs> simultaneously like ritual between the two, in a way. Uh, I'm coming in and staying in. No, no, of course not. Um, and the Alfred, the very dry Alfred ribbing. I ask because I tried to make your bed today and found it was still made from yesterday. I ate the mint I left on your pillow. So there's no misunderstanding. My mint theft was passive aggressive. What was a passive aggressive way of saying uh, you should actually use your bed for sleeping. I wanted to make that crystal clear in case my aggressive was too passive. You have the flu. You need to rest. No, uh, I need the bat wing ready. <laughs> yes, sir. Because being sick and having not slept for two days, you should definitely be operating heavily machine flying machinery. It's so mundane and it's so dry. And it's like you mentioned the animated series already, but it feels like that kind of Alfred. But at the same time, it clearly has this context, even already, of Alfred will stand by, and Alfred will wait, and Alfred will pay his own price for everything Bruce does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there's compassionate concern beyond just, this is not reasonable, Master Bruce. It's, you need to take care of yourself. And... As Leslie will point out later, Alfred's going to keep sacrificing himself to help make sure Bruce has to sacrifice less. And Alfred will never complain about this. But we see it. We already have evidence on the page of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I, and, and you know, again, just pointing out, like, wonderful little art moments. I love the, you know, back in when he, when he initially woke, woke up and was running through the house, there's the third panel of him running through the house, there's the, the, the portrait of Thomas and Martha with a young Bruce. And now he's like walking past the painting and it's a portrait of the larger family and, and like showing like the larger group of people who are around Bruce, who it's, it's the portrait they sat for sat for earlier in Tom King's run. I forgot about that. It's been a while since I've read it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but I just no, go like, back and reread this issue because it's great. <laughs> it's a great and clever moment, but it, it works at a second level too because like, just seeing that poster is tying back to this other image in this run about family and family dynamics and how 
not only is Bruce the person we actively see Alfred taking care of, but that spreads down another generation. It's the same concept we're going to see Tom Taylor use in Nightwing, in which he refers to Bruce and Alfred as Dick's fathers. Mm-hmm. It all connects. It all connects. And it all conspires to make us cry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know. It's not a Tom Taylor book if you don't stain a couple pages with tears. Absolutely. I'm looking at you, deceased. How fucking dare you. We will get to that comic at some point. Don't you worry, listener. Anyway, we're not talking about that Tom Taylor comic. We're talking about this one. And then we have... We, we get this beautiful, like, one-page montage of Alfred just mun- doing what, what are basically just mundane things in the life of Batman, airing the tires for the Batmobile, refilling, you know, the the pockets on an extra uh, bat ba- um, utility belt. Utility belt. Checking the, uh, checking the back computer, uh, calling to make excuses yeah, it's... for Bruce. <laughs> I love the back computer panel too because he's like looking at blueprints, but also he's still got the belt draped over his left shoulder and he's holding what looks like a gas canister in his right hand. Like mm-hmm. he's clearly in the sure. middle of something and Bruce has called him to answer a question. Yeah. And then like making excuses for Bruce. So, like, oh, I'm sorry, he can't attend. Can you, you know, is it too late to do this? And then also because as he mentioned before, Bruce is sick. He's got the flu. So of course, Alfred, like he like he does, is making him soup. I love I love that. No, I'm afraid Master Wayne has a, the flu and must decline the invitation. For him to be anywhere but his bed would be quite irrational. Quite irrational. <laughs> <laughs> that little. He's like, I'm gonna be passive aggressive in every sentence I say, even yes. when he's not listening. Lest his aggressive be too passive. Mm-hmm. And then we get, I must say, one of the best designs for the Batmobile. This is, this, I don't remember this being the design for the Batmobile in the rest of King's Run. I think it is. I think at least the earlier part of the run they used this design because it's, it's a hybrid of kind of the early 90s animated series and movie with yeah. the, with the like, bat head glowing eyes from sort of the original batmobile designs yeah okay but i do i i but you know just i love the way otto schmidt draws it it's great Mm -hmm. i love the the little sound effect there and alfred coming in to greet him and he's like welcome home and immediately batman's like down to business like i gotta talk about we got we have to talk about these things about you know unmanned aerial vehicles and carrying missiles the military is denying this of course and alfred coming in with that dry humor yes i would imagine i imagine that would be quite embarrassing for some very serious people talking to saying that to a man who is dressed as a bat (laughs) while holding a covered dish yes and Batman talking about, like, I've gotten relevant Pentagon reports from a Russian hacker. (laughs) Alfred replies, that's a troubling sentence for a number of reasons. And Batman just ignores him because he's like, good old Alfred's humor. I got to deal with my shit here. And 
they eventually and they reveal that the 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 drive for for Batman right now is a former drone UAV operator by the name of Peter Harris who has discovered that uh, the UAVs he's piloting um, were were dropping bombs on civi- on civilians, and that broke him, understandably. Uh, and he is now calling him. Now he has sent a uh, he sent his former employers a message where he says, "You want to play with play God with no repercussions? You think you can rain hellfire from the heavens with no accountability?" I am holding you accountable. Now you will feel how they feel, afraid of the sky. And Batman says he calls himself the drone. (laughs) With Alfred saying, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I like the idea of Alfred silently, or not so silently, judging every villain's name as they come through. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Hey, he's an actor. He's got a flair for the dramatic. Exactly. Look, we don't appreciate Alfred as much as we should, and this issue proves it. Truth. Yep. So, Batman takes the extra utility belt, talking about, you know, like, the psychological profile of of, the, of this man who calls himself <laughs> the drone. And, uh... You know, and, and, you know realizes that, you know, the, the UAVs that uh, were being piloted were made by a company called Cineco in Gotham. Uh... And the manufacturers and designers live in the city, and he has to assume that all of them are targets. So he's gotta go. F- you just gotta gotta figure figure out what's going on, and he can't do that from the ground. He's gotta do it from the sky, which is why he's got the bat wing. And of course, he's like, Alfred, I know what you're going to say, but I will sleep when this is over, and people will die if I don't stop this. Which Alfred's like, I know, we you need to do what needs to be done, but you're also unwell and you need soup. You need to eat something. He's like, <laughs> you want me to take a hot bowl of soup into a jet? And there's He's already like, a thermos in the jet. Yep. He's like, and I love, I love this line. It can be consumed one-handed, sir, leaving your other hand free to continue to fight the forces of evil. I would also add that chicken soup would also be the perfect accompaniment to perching on a gargoyle in the cold. I understand a thermos would rather ruin the image, sir, but I promise not to let any of your major villains know. It's... it's perfect. It's just... And he's got that little, like, half-smile on his face, like... He knows there's nothing he can do, so he's just going to tease him. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty great. Alfred's too perfect. He's just too perfect. I love... we get another little montage as Alfred tries to you know anticipate whatever bruce needs including mending the cape hanging it up sharpening some batarangs and putting a fresh mint on the pillow yep which he'll eat tomorrow he will or so we think one would presume one would presume and this is when like he mentions you know this is when he he anticipates all of his needs and does what he needs to do while he's also waiting for the call the call that tells me he's all right or the other one and we all know what the other one would be presumably that he's not all right yes but he's in fact 
hurt or something. Y'all, Unfathomable. He he, y'all, he might be dead. He would be without Alfred. We're just saying. Yeah. Well, no. Alfred says that's not true later in the issue. Alfred even addresses that in this issue. Yeah, that is true. I disagree with him. I, I disagree with Alfred, though. I disagree with him on that. I mean, he's still alive in, in Tynan's run so far, so we'll see. Yeah, that is true. We'll see. Um, and we get, you know, the an, an, a, an action montage set piece while Alfred narrates over it, talking about how, you know, he believes that, this, that the city demands too much of him, and, and you know, whenever... Gotham, Gotham has threatened. Bruce feels that nothing else matters and it's all consuming, and he feels that Gotham's safety is his responsibility. And commenting and you know, commenting on like how on like the eternal drive of bat of the Batman. One thing that I think is noteworthy about this issue is while the big action set pieces are cool, they never still focus from the little things. Yeah. Like there is Arguably, more to talk about in the pages of what Alfred's doing, especially if you want to get into the composition like we have, than there is necessarily to talk about in a big fight scene or choreography over the next couple of pages. Not to say it's not beautiful and not cool and not engaging, just the way that the storytelling paces, and the way Otto Schmidt, sort of paces the economy of the art. Mm-hmm. He's putting the time. He's putting the composition. He's budgeting, you know, the hours he has in a month to draw this issue in the things that are really what this issue is about. And he still makes the other stuff look spectacular. But it's it's to serve those quieter moments and those character moments. It's not about the big flashy bombast, even as cool as some of these pages are. Right. And, uh, so that leads us to the a drone. Dro- yeah. Dr- a drone dropping a bomb on a building, which s- seems to be, looks to be abandoned with no sign of people. So, uh, he, Batman asks Alfred to call and call emergency services and he's go and he says he's going after the UAV. And in one page, we get, you know, nice little action moment of Batman, you know, destroying the UAV. Uh, after which he says that the uh, that there might that there is some, someone down there. So he goes down because Batman is someone who will always go to check. To, will always go to save civilians. You know, when especially as as it was mentioned, you know, he feels that Be- Gotham safety is his responsibility, and yeah. you know that's every citizen within Goth within the city. And uh, he tells him he's gonna he's gonna get him out of there, and and he's trying to figure out who like who this person he's trying to figure out ask Alfred like to help try to figure out who this person is because they seem to be um, in no shape to tell him who they are. And then we get this nice little, like, really, this very small panel right at the edge of the page, revealing a knife. And then we get Batman being stabbed, because Batman gets stabbed a lot. He does. Well, and his armor will handle gunshots and will handle being slashed, but it doesn't handle stab damage. It doesn't handle the pokey things. Yeah. Or the Gumby things. 
that true that 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 too that too yep so and it, and it is revealed that this that this person is not in fact in distress it is actually peter harris the drone the man that batman is looking for and we get if a we get an entire uh fight scene where the res the the end result is batman throws the thermos of soup right in in harris's face and knocks him out yeah which is perfect alfred coming through right at the end alfred always comes through yep and batman just calls the police tells them where harris is at and disappears before the police can show up and that's when alfred gets the call saying i need to get a i need to pick up and that notifies alfred that something is wrong that bat that bruce is not in the sh- that is not in the shape that he normally is that he needs help and alfred is already running getting more information batman says alfred i i need a pickup sprinting grabbing his coat alfred is asking can you get to the batwing no alfred grabs a spare like i'd say high quality halloween mask version of batman's cowl yep like you can see the string on the back to hold it in place yeah (laughs) and throws it on says i'm coming master bruce and hops in the batmobile and then immediately batman is about to get mugged yes which is just that sentence by itself like strip everything away from this issue for a moment that tom taylor has set up a scenario in which batman could conceivably get mugged is and alfred has to save him is just amazing yeah it's pretty great tom taylor if you're listening uh you do good you you do good work man you do you you do good yeah we get we, we have Alfred just get, like, a badass intro, and he just says, well, we're all thinking, were you truly planning on mugging Batman? <laughs> hey, back off, man. He's like, I wouldn't. The cow is charged. It won't kill you, but it certainly won't tickle either. Just seriously, in the, in the face of, you know, of danger, will not let up on that dry wit, and it's it's a it's a truly beautiful thing that alfred will it's very peter that. parker yeah it is it is and it's so and, and, and it makes you think maybe tom taylor should write spider-man oh wait oh wait he has he, he, he has uh look out for that episode uh next year <laughs> my planning is weird anyway then we get you know just full splash page montage of alfred fighting these two thugs and you know he he does un, he does get hit because you know he's he's a bit older he's not as spry as he used to be However, he is he also former special. british special forces so he's not shabby so he's at not, what he's doing no because then we have because then turn the page and we get eight straight panels of him just knocking these dudes down gentlemen i suggest you change careers or your next deserved thrashing will come from a man who is far more punishing and far more proficient than I am. And, and they run. They run. <laughs> Which is a very good thing to do in this instant. In this instant, running is a good idea. Yes. Yep, and uh, now we have 
uh, Alfred carrying Bruce back to the uh, to the to the to the Batmobile, stating, "Well, a grunt is better than nothing." After he's asked him if he can hear him, and uh, and this said, kind of repeats repeats that uh, uh, setup of four panels in yeah. front of a silhouette over a red background, but now all of those panels are on different angles. They are lined up differently. They're still very much this emergency response that we saw in the same orientation, you know, moving a little more right in general uh, mm-hmm. early in the issue, but they're off kilter. They're unbalanced. They are panicked. They are rushed. Alfred is improvising here. And like just yep. the layout shows that. Yes, and it continues on to the next page on to the next page where the panels are starting to go off the page because things are going off the rails. Things and are now not the, going the way they're the supposed bat, to. The Batmobile behind them is more in focus and we can see it just speed racer blur lining down the city streets. Yes, and we get Reading this, th- reading this page this time around, I was like, "Holy shit!" The Batmobile is an amazing, beautiful plot device, and that they turn the bat—they're able to turn the Batmobile into a full-on, like, mini hospital, like hospital room inside do, the Batmobile. Do you think Alfred has his own Batmobile just for emergency pickups? Like, Bruce won't take out the Batmobile that has the whole surgical setup in it, because he's not a surgeon. He can't do anything with it. But Alfred has the emergency Batmobile with all the O-negative blood and syringes and anything he might need to keep Bruce alive. I like to believe that this is, like, the regular, the still the the Batmobile, but Alfred was just insistent, like, no... Master Bruce, you should probably put put all this stuff in there. Why? I'm going to be... I'll be totally fine. You won't need to do this. Like, just in case, you should put this stuff in there. That is probably accurate. I still like the idea that in a cave full of 50 Batmobiles, one of them is just Alfred's. Yeah. I I also like that thought, too. And it's like... Like, Bruce just, like, giving a tour to the new Robin. It's like, okay, so this is my Batmobile, and that's Alfred's, and this is the Batwing. And they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The butler gets his own Batmobile. What? This is actually why Jason Todd is always so mad. Because Alfred <laughs> has always had a Batmobile, and Jason never got one. Damn. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, Alfred having his own Batmobile is like Pepper Pop. Pepper Potts getting the rescue armor. It just makes sense. Yeah. It does. It, it truly does. And, you know, we do have uh, Alfred, of course, multitasking, frantically multitasking once again. You know, he is, he's been, you know, in a in a fight, and he's still sort of recovering from that, but he is running on full adrenaline, trying to save Bruce's life, also on the phone with, Le- with Leslie Tompkins, uh, who immediately, like, getting this phone call, immediately she just says, Batman? And he goes, it's Alfred, code black, code black. And that presumably this, is saying that Batman is in, is in dire need of assistance. This page reminds me a lot of, at the beginning of the second season of The West Wing, 
there's this scene where there was an event that the president was at and gunmen shot into the crowd and everyone's evacuated. They get the president in the, the limousine and they're going and they think everything's fine. And then uh, President Bartlett is talking to, to Ron Butterfield, his Secret Service agent, about what's going on and get, get my family out and all of that. And President Bartlett realizes that, oh, Ron Butterfield has been, like, has had his hand hit at some point. Like, he's bleeding, and Ron's like, well, we've, we've got to get you to a secure location, then I can get treatment. I can't, I can't do anything else that's protocol, Mr. President. And then realizes the president has been shot in the stomach and is endangered and, like, calls to the hospital calling. I don't know if it was code black there or not, but it's very much the same energy as this page, like, I don't know why that's where my brain went beyond that, but it's got a very, like, West Wing Season 2 Episode 1 intro vibe that I dig. <laughs> I have never seen an episode of the West Wing, so I have no context for that, but I love that that's where, you're, that's where your brain went. I it's, feel like it's, it's a, a more relatable reference than Matilda. Not Matilda. I think I said Matilda. Um, I definitely meant Madeline if I said Matilda earlier. Okay. Yes, that I am unfamiliar with Madeline. I'm I'm familiar yeah. with Matilda, the young the young girl who who can use magic. Yes, the Rolled Doll book. Um, great book, shitty person, wonderful yes. actress, Mara Wilson, fantastic. Uh, yes. No, Madeline. Madeline is the young orphan who lives with a nun who panics when something is not right. Still sounds familiar. I I I I'm fairly certain i have come across this at some point in my life probably anyway we are now at the tompkins clinic yes and alfred is relaying all the uh useful information uh point him of course even when he's still you know worried for bruce's life still has has to have that little that little jab at him uh saying the suit is bullet and slash proof leslie but it's not spike proof it would need to be bulkier than he's comfortable with I haven't gotten a good look at it yet, but there's no exit wound. Because it's like, it's both a jab at him, but also like saying like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, it, it is true this like, you know, if you're, if you're going to be going out at night, you know, crime as a, as a crime fighting vigilante, you do want to be comfortable. So it's both yeah, Alfred, like, like understanding why he did this, but at the same time going like, but really? You didn't you, put knife proof in this? You don't want your bat suit to be so heavy duty that you cannot turn your head at all. Looking at you, bat costume from Batman Begins. Yep. And every and everyone before that. Um so now Bruce is stable. He's and and as Alpha points out, he's finally sleeping for once. Um, <laughs> but Leslie's like, no, we like you, we need to take a look at you. Like you, you look like you're in terrible shape. And we get this great, uh, this great moment where you know Tom Taylor points out again that Alfred is essentially Bruce's father. Where she says, "It's no surprise he takes after you. That's what happens when you raise a child." And she uh, point, you know, she decides like, look, we need to take a look at you. And she says, it's hard to tell where the dark circles under your eyes stop and the bruise begins. When was the last time you slept eight hours? I sleep when I can, when I know he's safe. He never knows he's safe unless he's in bed asleep and he's never in bed asleep. So therefore, 
Therefore, Alfred lays in bed awake at night, staring at the ceiling. Page five. Aha! It comes back. I love Leslie Tompkins here, by the way. Let me just... She's got the energy of, like, the ex-wife whose who's former husband uh, is just not quite in touch with reality, trying to help check in on him and, like, ease him back toward what is rational for the sake of the child, but also, like, is affectionate toward and respects both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she's this voice of reason that does not fit in the world, but that needs occasionally to, like, speak into that world and just remind everybody. Yeah. And, and he... She points out she she believes that that what he's doing is a thankless job. Then he says, says a woman who runs a free health center a shelter. It's like because <laughs> that is a that unfortunately is a pretty thankless job. Um, but he says no. It's, but he believes it's not a thankless job. As he says, every time I walk through Gotham, I see people with family, with friends, with lives. People who wouldn't be here without him. And Leslie tries to point out, and he couldn't do it without you. And as you rightfully pointed out, he says he could. But it would be harder, and I am happy to jump when he calls. Every time I hear his voice, it's a relief. Every time he calls, it's not that call. And we get another little passive-aggressive moment where he sets the mint next to Sleep Bruce's <laughs> head on the pillow because Alfred is just the best. And he's like, I have to get... He, basically him just going like, I have to get the last laugh in. I have to get the last word in. You yeah. will not take this from me. Then we so cut now, to hours later. Hours later, and Bruce wakes up, sees the mint, wakes up, says, and asks, asks about Alfred, and Leslie tells him tells him everything that's going on with Alfred. Um, but he just, but mostly just says he's exhausted and he needs to he needs to rest. And like since he needs to rest, you should probably also rest because he won't rest until you do. And then we cut to the next morning and alfred just bolting awake yeah and this is our third time seeing alfred wake up and this time the layout has changed we had the two pairs of it's still functionally five panels but instead of there being five horizontal panels straight down the page we get a horizontal with no panel borders sort of flowing into and becoming the gutters around the rest Alfred darting up from the side angle, where before we had just seen him straight on. Uh, first with his eyes closed, second just staring at the ceiling. The next panel is pulled out a little more than the first ones we saw of him laying in the bed, but is angled. And then we have three vertical panels along the bottom of the page. And that's where Bruce comes into the picture, and suddenly everything is different everything has turned um literally it has turned (laughs) and bruce brings breakfast to alfred of course he has burnt the crumpets because again i've brought down elaborate global criminal empires using bare scraps of information but i can't work out how to toast a crumpet and alfred points out he that that bruce took away his communicator and his phone and bruce says yes i did i didn't want you to be disturbed (laughs) <laughs> I love I, I love Tom Taylor calling back to this. How do you take them from my bedside without me notice? Oh, of course, you're you. Yeah, he's Batman, so he can do he can just do that. How are you feeling, Master Bruce? A bit stabbed, 
And like, which Bruce, is like, like Bruce returning that kind of Alfred humor. Yeah. So Bruce tell, is saying, says he's going to leave and, um, and Alfred's like, so you'll call. And Bruce says, no. And Alfred ha- like starts to object. And he's like, if you expect me to stay in bed, if, no, not knowing if you're, but Bruce says, I'm not going. I realize you can't relax if I'm out there. And if not very, and I'm not very mobile, having had a few inches of steel tail through an abductor muscle and pierce my kidney. So I've asked Cassandra and Duke to patrol the city in my stead. And Alfred rightfully points out, that's uncharacteristically sensible, sir. Now, before we turn the page, I want to point out something that uh, Leslie had said. <laughs> You're going to need some time to heal, Bruce. I suggest you also use the time to give Alfred some moments when he doesn't have to worry about you. Do you know what tomorrow is? And we turn to the last page. And Bruce says, I didn't want you to have to worry today. And Alfred says, really? Why is today special? Bruce gives him a a sort of loving look. uh, And then turns away, kind of smiling to himself. Get some rest, Alfred. Alfred is standing or sitting in bed, very confused, black eye. And our last panel of the page is a picture of a younger Alfred and younger Bruce in a frame in the foreground. Alfred in the background sitting on the edge of his bed eating his burnt crumpet. And the title of the issue, Why is Today Special? Father's Father's Day. Day. And that's the end of this issue. And it's just, it's a beautiful, perfect encapsulation of the relationship between Bruce and Alfred and why it's so important to Batman Mythos. Agreed. And I, this is this is one I've been wanting to cover on the show for a long time, and I just felt that Comics Quest didn't have the format for it, essentially. But with the long haul, I was like, oh, I can talk about whatever the hell I want. And I was like, this is the perfect moment to finally talk about this. And I'm finally going to be talking about Tom Taylor Comics, which means Alex has to be here for that. Yes. I will... <laughs> I will absolutely claim responsibility for anyone who wants to give me uh, that for their affection for the works of Tom Taylor. Yes, I, 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 I hold you completely accountable for the reason why Tom Taylor is one of my favorite writers working today. And I just love everything he does. It's, it's, it's wonderful. There's a level of, there's a, there's, there's a wonderful level of humanity brought to the absurd world of superheroes that he brings that is occasionally lacking mm-hmm. and i'm really happy that 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 he's doing what he's done what he does and i'm glad this was my first introduction to his work yeah i definitely think if you've never read any tom taylor what's wrong with you uh but also <laughs> this is an easy place to start yeah yeah and like you know, th- of course, the show isn't all about, uh, or this particular side of the show isn't all about, you know, great starts. But this is like, you know, for this writer in particular, like, I mean, of course, I feel like at this point, like, everyone knows who Batman is. And and most people who have read comics have read a Bat- at least a Batman comic. This is a great one to get into, and especially to to get into this this particular writer and artist we you know i i can't over we can't overstate how amazing uh schmidt's art is in this issue yeah well and i think it was like 
as someone who's read a lot of Taylor, who read this when it came out, now is a really good time to revisit this because with Taylor on Nightwing, Alfred and Taylor's version of Alfred feels relevant again right now. Uh, yeah. Alfred is very much hanging over Nightwing in a in a positive way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it was it was good. I think good timing. If if accidental, good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, I highly recommend. We both highly recommend everyone check this out. You can check it out in a, in, a, in a myriad of ways. Uh, the, if you want it physically, there is it is collected in um, in trade uh, under the Batman Volume Nine, The Tyrant Wing. Uh, and, or if you don't mind digitally, what which is awesome, uh, you can, it is available on the DC Infinite app if you get that subscription, or you can just buy a digital copy. That is always a perfect uh, 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 way to go route to go with this particular comic. And, uh, and also because we keep gushing about Tom Taylor, just go check out all of his stuff. It's like, it's, it's every, it's everything we've said and more. It's all just great stuff. I also just did a quick, did a quick look up. And uh, if you wanted a physical copy of this issue, you can actually get them on co- some comic retailer websites like Midtown Comics. They there you have go. It you can do that too. In stock near Mint for four ninety four, which is a full dollar off cover price. There you go. Perfect. We just told you four separate ways you can read this issue. So you literally have no excuse to not read this. It's great. Everyone go check it out. And with that being the end of the episode, and speaking of checking things out, Alex, it's time for plugs, man. So what have you got on? Got going on? Where can people find you? Uh, Panelology, as always, is the weekly comic review podcast I co-host. Uh, it's always going to be that week's latest issues. Um. There's Minds at Yerk, which is a bi-weekly Animorphs reread podcast, which is bi-weekly, but is only sort of about Animorphs, uh, kind of mutually exclusively about Animorphs or reading now. Um, probably need to come up with another way to explain that show, but uh, you'll have to drag my Animorphs out of my cold dead hands. Uh, plus the Rob Thomas, no, not that one, Robcast, which is currently on hiatus, but we've got about a season and a half of Veronica Mars covered already. And uh, the plan is for more of that in the future. I also always forget to mention this, but I'm on Twitter at AlexLavelle2005. Wonderful. So, with all the plugs being done, it's time for me to plug my stuff and give some thanks out. So, first up, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, uh, ch- you know, wherever you're listening to the show. Uh, it really does help the show get to everyone. Uh... If you want to follow the show, we are on Twitter at ComicsQuestShow. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at JD underscore Martin underscore or on Instagram at underscore JD Martin underscore because there's a ton of JD Martins and I don't know why. Uh, you can also ch- uh, join the Discord. There is a permanent link in the twi- the show's Twitter bio. I want to give a big shout out to the wonderful Dan Purcell who composed the amazing theme music to this show that closes and opens every episode. He's a wonderful human being. Go check out all of his stuff. It's really fantastic. And I gotta thank 
the wonderful folks at Certain POV for continuing to put up with my dumb bullshit and just allowing me to have not one, but now two podcasts under their uh, wonderful network. And please go check out all of the wonderful podcasts that are there. Everything from judging book covers to Let's Rewatch to Reignite and Fun and Games with Matt and Jeff to Screen Snark and Men of Steel and, of course, Panelology and everything in between. You can check all of those out at certainpuv.com, which there is also at the bottom of the page, there is a permanent link to the Certain POV Discord. And come hang out with us and talk to us about all the wonderful nerdy shit that you love, because we love it too. I guarantee it. So, with all of that out of the way, time to talk about what's coming up. So, the next week will be the penultimate episode of Season 3, where we will be discussing the miniseries Ballistic by... Adam Egypt Mortimer and Derek Robertson, uh, with the wonderful je- returning guest Jesse Ferguson of Recorded Tomorrow. And next episode of The Long Haul in two weeks will be a discussion on the graphic novel Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. Uh, with a mystery guest, and that is totally not because I don't have someone on for that episode, it's totally because. It's a mystery guest. Absolutely. That is the only reason. Now, with all of that said, I have to just say thank you, everyone, for listening. And now that you're familiar with the road, don't be afraid to go off course and have some fun. Rob Thomas has been writing since the mid-90s. The Matchbox 20 guy? No, the guy behind Veronica Mars. Oh, and iZombie. And Cupid, Party Down, the Cupid reboot. I haven't seen those. Me neither, but we should watch them and then talk about them on our podcast. Yes, we could call it the Rob Thomas. No, not that one. Robcast. Every other Tuesday with Alex and MJ. Find us at notthatrobcast.libsyn.com or wherever you download podcasts. CPOV CertainPOV.com